It's always good to start a new series. And over the forthcoming weeks, different people are going to be sharing, and they're going to be sharing on specific promises of God and going into detail about those. So I thought it'd be really good to do a bit of an overview this morning. Um, And I wanted to talk to you about the the power of promise. There is power in promises. And, you know, promises are powerful things. So, you know, I promise I won't leave you. I promise I'll save you a seat. How annoying is that when somebody doesn't then? I promise that I will pay you back. I don't think I've kept that promise to my mum and dad so much. I promise that I will stick to our diet or our exercise pact. That one didn't go so well either. I promise I won't be late. I know some people in the room who don't keep that one too. I promise to listen. I promise to find time to do this or that. I promise to get it in or get something completed on time. I promise I'll bring it tomorrow. I promise that it won't happen again. How many of us say those promises? I promise it will be all right. And how often is it not? I promise that I will pick my socks up and put them in the wash basket. I promise that I will put the bin out. I promise that I will do so many different things. And yet how many of us break a promise on a daily, on a weekly basis. And then we promise it over and over again. And yet promises can be such powerful things, seem to hold so much weight. We put so much trust and faith and hope in them. You know, the dictionary definition for promise is this, a declaration that something will or will not be done. It also says an express assurance on which expectation is to be based. You know, sometimes promises are more about our expectation than about the person who is promising something. Sometimes our expectation can put so much pressure on other people. And yet, when to relationships, because of what we expect someone else to do, what we expect from the promise that someone says. You know, promises can be strong and healthy and they can grow with us. They can keep growing. The promise can grow stronger and deeper. But also, promises can be shallow and weak. You know, they can break as we change. Promises can bring hope, but they can also bring despair. Let's have a little look what the Bible says about promises. Hebrews 10, verse 23 in the NIV version says this. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. So if God is faithful, then can we believe that he will keep his promises to us? In a world of promises that are broken and shallow and don't hold the test of time, can we really trust and believe that God will keep his promise? You know, it says in the word that God says, I am not a man that I would lie. 
And so often I think we look at God through the eyes of mankind. We look at God and think, well, this is how I behave. This is how the best person I know behaves. So how can we see and understand a God who actually behaves in a different way, who is faithful, who does keep his promises? You know, the cross is the most outstanding act of faithfulness and promise-keeping ever in the history of this world. God promised that he wanted intimate relationship with us. God put us here on earth when he first put Adam and Eve on earth so he could walk in a close relationship with them. Adam and Eve broke covenant with God. And God went above and beyond to make sure his promise was fulfilled to mankind. He was fully committed, whatever the cost. Despite the fact that it cost his own son, he was fully committed that he wanted to walk in intimate relationship with me and you. And this morning, if you don't know God on that level, if you're not walking in intimate relationship with him, he wants to begin that journey with you. He wants to go deeper with you. He wants to go wider with you. You know, and you may have been walking with God for many years. Do you know what? He wants to go more and more deeper with you than you have ever been. He wants to show you the extent of his promise keeping in your life. Galatians 3.29 in the Good News says this. If you belong to Christ, then you are the descendants of Abraham and will receive what God has promised. Well, what's that then? What did God promise? Let's go and look at it in Genesis. Genesis 12, 2 to 3 in the Amplified Version. This is God's promises to Abraham. And it says in Galatians, if we belong to Christ, then these promises are true for you and I today. Genesis 12. And I will make you a great nation. Anyone not feeling so great this morning? God wants to make you a great nation. That is his promise. And I will bless you abundantly. You know, if you don't feel blessed this morning, God promises to bless you. Not just bless you, but bless you abundantly. And make your name great, exalted, distinguished. And you know, so often we look at this through the world's view of blessing and greatness and distinguishedness, if that's even a word. But God has so many blessings for your life. God wants to lift you high in so many ways. And not necessarily the way that we think through popularity and everything else. But there is so many blessings that God has got for your life. And we're going to unravel them over the weeks to come even more so. And you shall be a blessing, a source of great good to others. You know you can fulfill that next week by signing up to the letter pick. I'm not trying to emotionally blackmail, it's true. If you want to be a great good to others, it's said simple. Be kind, encourage them, come along to things if you're able to and you can. I know some of you can't and that's absolutely fine. And I will bless you. Oh, I've read that bit. No, I haven't. And I will bless you. He wants to bless you again. Do good. Do good, benefit those who bless you, and I will curse that is subject to my wrath and judgment, the one who curses, despises, dishonors, and contempt for you. 
you know, so often we go, oh, that's all, all those people who don't like me at work, all those people who are having to go at me, oh, that's what God says about you. He's talking about the enemy. He's talking about when Jesus comes and dies on the cross and has victory over sin in the grave and everything the enemy has brought into this world. God is saying that enemy has no hold on you anymore. Sin no longer has to have a grip on your life. The grave no longer has to have a sway over everything that goes on in you. But God puts a curse on that, that it can no longer grow and be a blessing in people's lives, but actually be gone. And in all the families, nations of the earth will be blessed. So God is basically saying, I'm going to give you land. I'm going to give you a place. I'm going to give you a seed, which was ultimately Jesus. And I'm going to bring blessing to your life, which is again through Jesus, through the Holy Spirit. You know, Jesus then promised that the Holy Spirit would come and fulfillment of every promise comes through what Jesus did on the cross and through the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. You know, if we really believe this, it changes our view of the ultimate promise keeper. In a world of broken promises and shallowness, God stands there and says, I kept and I am keeping my promise to you. And that goes on today, tomorrow, and in years to come. He is the promise keeper. He is faithful. But you know, some of us might have a little issue with this. Because when we've been hurt, when promises have been broken... It can damage our perception of God and it can damage our perception of other people. And I believe before we go any further, God wants to do some business with people this morning in healing the power of broken promises. Because broken promises also have a power over your life and they can be a negative power. They cause us not to trust, they cause us not to believe, they cause us to scoff. Under a breath when people say, oh, you know, God promises to bless you and you go, How many of us so far this morning since I've been talking have gone, yeah, not me. Yeah, right. Yeah, everyone else, okay. And so often we do. We scoff at what God promises us because we think that's not for me. And why do we do that? When we say, yeah, I'm a Christian, I believe in God. Why do we then scoff at what God promises for us? Well, we do it because we've been hurt. We do it because broken promises have a grip and a hold over our lives. Because we're scared to trust again in case we get hurt again. Hate, unforgiveness, insecurity, fear of commitment, frustration, negativity being reactionary, having resentment. All of these things can come out of people breaking promises to us and are struggling then to believe and trust again. And if we don't deal with this, then there's no point in us doing the rest of the series. Because all we'll do when we sit through the rest of the series is go... You know, it talks about scoffers in the Bible and the really vocal people. Wow, I don't believe in that. They're shouting their heads off. But let's be honest, the majority of Christians today do scoff and we do it under a breath. Because we sit there and we go, yeah, right, not me. And we've got to deal with this. We have to deal with the power that broken promises have over our lives. Because if we don't, we will never live in the fulfillment of the promises that God has for us. And I can't leave you there and I can't leave myself there. 
So let's go on this journey together. Psalm 147 verse 3 says this. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. You're all afraid to scoff now, aren't you? God heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. You know, sometimes it's not even broken promises. Sometimes it's the idea of a perceived promise, that perceived expectation that you had of someone. And they may never have said that. They may never have promised whatever you think. But that perception that they should behave like that, that perception that they should treat you like that, that perception that they should say what you want them to say to you, and yet it damages us. And we've got to let go of those broken promises. You know, before I met Paul, I was engaged to someone else and it broke down and it damaged me to such an extent. It was such a hard thing to break through. And it was that broken promise that had broken my heart. It was the fact that, can I ever trust anyone again? Will this ever work out again? Does you, is your future held in something that's happened to you in your past? Or are you actually going to trust and believe again? And it can be agony living in a broken promise where people have broken the promises to you. And yet I learned over time that actually, if I pray for them, if I believe the best for them, if I keep taking it to God and taking it to God, then actually that power that broken promises has over your life can subside and come so it no longer affects how you then choose to behave. And am I perfect? Am I free from every broken promise that's ever been broken? No, I'm sure I'm not. Do I still struggle at times with trusting in relationships? Yes, I do. But I know that God has taken me so far and he can take me the rest of the the way. And I believe the same for you too. You know, we can choose to leave things broken. Or with God's grace, we can allow him to help make things beautiful again in our lives. There's a song that says, God makes beautiful things. God makes beautiful things out of broken things. So don't sit there this morning and think, yeah, but I'm not good enough. Yeah, but you don't know what I've been through. Yeah, but you don't know what it's like. God makes beautiful things. Full stop. It doesn't matter how much of a mess you are. God makes beautiful things. And he wants to do that with you. Jesus has the transforming love and comfort and healing that you need in this place. God promises beauty for ashes. He recycles our grief and our hurt and our lack of trust. And he turns them around into faith, hope and love. If we'll only allow him to come in and to begin that process in our lives. To forgive, which is our choice that we have to make. We've got got to start off by saying, God, I choose to forgive that person for breaking their promise to me. And that's the first step. So we're just going to do that this morning. So I'm sure you can all think of someone who's broken a promise to you. Some of you may have forgiven them already, and that's wonderful. Keep forgiving. But if some of you have got that that built-up frustration still there within you, this morning, right now, after me, and you know, forgiveness isn't based on how you feel. And that's what we often think. Oh, when I feel better towards them, I can forgive them. Forgiveness doesn't come because of the temperature of your heart. Forgiveness comes because we choose to forgive. It's a choice that we make, not a feeling that we have. 
The feelings follow afterwards. The feelings will catch up. And sometimes we forgive like this. God, I choose to forgive that person. And I've said this before. God, help my feelings to work through this too. So let's take a moment. You know, and if you're sitting at home, or if you're here in the building, and there's somebody that you think, yeah, I need to forgive someone, then let's just do it now. Just say, God, I choose to forgive. Say their name in your heart. God, help me to work through my emotions. Help me to continue this journey and be set free from the power of broken promises. Amen. You know, I really believe that God wants to set people free today. That he wants to break the chains that people have on their lives. Chains of unforgiveness, chains of hurt, chains of grief that broken promises have bring. Because once those broken promises have been broken and that grip has no longer got a hold on your life, then God can begin to build something strong and something that will grow and will pass on to others in your life. Does that make sense? You know, and if you want to talk some more, talk to your small group lead, talk to your ministry lead. You can get in touch with the pastoral team. They do a great job. You can get a Zoom prayer with them and they'll pray for you and encourage you as well. We don't want to just leave you in this place. You're like, what do I do now? I'm going to wake up tomorrow and I still feel like I want to kill that person and hit them with something. Then tomorrow you say, God, I choose to forgive whoever it is or the situation or whatever happened. Help me to work through my feelings. And then I'm going to wake up the next day and I still don't feel any better, Sarah. Okay, God, I choose to forgive. And so it goes on and eventually your feelings will catch up with the rest of you. And one day you will see them and you will actually think, I'm not cross with them anymore. Actually, God bless them. And that is the best thing you can do. Everything that you want to pray for yourself and believe for yourself, pray for that person. It's really painful, but it really works. And you know, your emotions don't have to be great while you're doing it. It's an act of will to say, I'm no longer going to live under that, but I'm going to live how God calls me to live. I'm going to live, like he said to Abraham, to be a blessing. So I'm going to bless that person. I'm going to extend who I am. I'm not going to let it come in on myself because of what's gone on. Beauty for ashes. God makes beautiful things. So if we take that first step this morning, I then believe that there's a journey that we go on with God and understanding what his promises can do for us. And I've got three points for you this morning. The first one is this. God's promises are overcoming. John 16 verse 33 says, I have told you these things so that in me you will have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. And so often we think, oh, you know, I'll become a Christian and everything will just be wonderful. But Jesus himself says it doesn't work like that. Christianity doesn't make all your problems go away. 
Christianity brings peace in the hard times, brings love in the difficult times, brings forgiveness in in heartbreaking times. And it allows you to go through that process to be healthy and to be an amazing witness for Jesus. So when discouragement comes, when pessimism comes, when loneliness comes, when fear comes, find your promise for that thing and stand on it and believe that Jesus says, I can overcome. Jesus says that he is with me and I can overcome. The best thing that we can do when we go through circumstances is find a promise in the Bible. And if you don't know how to do that, Google is a wonderful help. Ask your small group leads, speak to someone you've come to. You can get whole sheets on the promises of God. Find your promise, read it every day, turn it into a prayer. God, I thank you that your word says that I'm not alone. I may feel lonely today. I may not have the relationship I want, but I thank you that you are with me. God, I thank you that your word says I'm never alone. Help me to feel your presence today. Turn that promise into a prayer every day to help you. Isaiah 1 verse 1 to 3 says, He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning. And a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. And you know, if we get over all of our wants and needs and begin to realize that actually we're here on earth for the display of the Lord's splendor to actually say, look I'm not wonderful, but everything I'm doing is pointing to Jesus. Everything I'm living is pointing to Jesus. Everything I'm doing to help community is pointing to Jesus. Every time I'm kind to somebody who's mean to me at work is pointing to Jesus. Every time I love that person, it's pointing to Jesus. I'm here for the display of his splendor. It's actually not about me anymore. It's not about how I feel. It's not about how I want, but it's about the display of his splendor. I'm here to point people to Jesus. When we realize that, then it changes everything we are and everything we do. It helps us to realize that we can overcome because he is with us. That we can be more than what we are. And we have to let him in. We have to let him bind those things up and help us to overcome in those areas. But you know, sometimes it's a process. It's a journey. It doesn't come easily or naturally at times. But if we set our hearts to it, then we know that we can overcome. We can get above and beyond it. And it doesn't mean those things necessarily go away. But like in John, it said, his peace comes. You may have peace, overwhelmingly so. Doesn't mean the situation goes away. Doesn't mean the pain goes away. But the peace is overcoming that. The peace overcomes the grief. The peace overcomes the hardship. The peace overcomes the difficulty. 
Because Jesus is bigger than all of those things. The next thing I want to say to you is God's promises are building. 1 Peter 2, 4-5 says this. And coming to him as to, a, as to a living stone, which has been rejected by men, but it is choice and precious in the sight of God. You also, as living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house for the holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. You are being built up. He is building you into what he is doing and what he is making in your life, in this community, within this church. He is building you up and his promises are building. They are building your life into what he is doing within you. You know, do you feel rejected? It says in 1 Peter, Jesus was rejected by men. God wants to build on you. So when you feel rejected, when you feel like no one wants you, when you feel like you're not good enough, God wants to don you. God wants to build you into what he is doing. You are not rejected. God promises that he is with you and that he wants you. You know, the irony is that we can often feel rejected by people. But God wants to turn you into a shelter for others to come and rest under where people can find peace and solace, where people can feel wanted and at home, where people can feel like they're a family. And God no longer wants you to feel rejected. And you know, pride often attaches itself to rejection, which sounds a bit ironic, but it does. You know, rejection and low self-esteem often comes out with, you know, but what about me? Or it's not fair. And that's pride coming through and almost trying to stand up for you. Instead of going, that's okay, Jesus loves me. Instead of going into fight mode, we go into, I'm going to rest under the shadow of his wings. You know, it talks about when things happen, we go flight or fight or I can't remember what the other one is. There's three things and that's what generally people do if they find themselves in a situation where they're scared or something bad's going to happen. But Jesus calls us to go into, I'm not going to fight. I'm not going to fly and run away. I'm going to rest under the shadow of his wings. Because then pride doesn't get a foothold and I don't start fighting for myself and hurting people on my way through. God's calling us to let go of what we want for ourselves and for our wishes and to lay them down for his glory. And as we do, then God's promises are fulfilled in our lives. You know, for many years as a teenager and growing up, I suffered with really bad self-esteem. And, and I used to walk like this. Because I thought, if I walk like this, then no one can see me and they can't really see. And then that's okay. And I'll just walk like this. And I've had to learn and purposefully hold my head up. And there are times when I'll go back to my default mode. But I've had to learn to put my head up and hold it up high. And actually trust that, God, you accept me. You love me. And does it matter what other people think? Well, it hurts. And yeah, I would like people to like me, don't we all? But actually what you think of me, God, is so much more important. And I want to encourage you, if you struggle with your self-esteem, don't let pride push through and fight for you. Don't allow pride to get you to have pity parties and and, and join together with other groups who are are feeling, feeling bad about themselves and then 
you'll come up in this big pride party and fight over things. But instead, allow God to, to just rest over you. Allow God to speak words of love into you. Allow God to remind you who you are in him. God's promises are building. And if we allow them to, they will build us from this place to this place where he can build us up so we feel more secure, so we feel like we're growing and we're more confident and we can instead of, I don't know whether I'll ever be able to, but God wants to build you. God's promises are building And the last thing I want to say this morning is God's promises are enlarging. And I don't know about you, but I would love God to be bigger in my life. There's so many times I look at my prayer life and how often I read the Bible and how I live my life. And I think, oh, I just wish God was so much bigger in my life. And then I just carry on doing what I'm doing. And I think, oh... And I just can feel so trapped at times. Like I just can't get out of it. I can't break free from it. I can't break free from from the emotional side of how things have pushed me down and, and from how things have affected me over the years. And I just want to break out of it. And yet I just feel so trapped at times and think, I want to be so much more in you, God. I want to do so much more. I want to be that, that shining light that shines people to you. You know, if God's promises are enlarging, then they cause us to grow. They cause us to grow in the natural, where we learn to trust people more, where we learn to love more, where we grow in confidence and self-esteem. But they also cause us to grow in the spiritual. You know, we grow to trust God in relationship more, but we also grow in authority, in faith, in peace. Isaiah 10 verse 27 says this, In that day, their burden will be lifted from your shoulders, their yoke from your neck. The yoke will be broken because you are so fat. God wants to fatten you up. I don't care what sort of diet you are on. God wants to fatten you up spiritually so the yokes and the chains that have held you down no longer have to hold you anymore. God wants to set you free from low self-esteem, from those difficulties, from those broken promises, from those failures, from those moments where you've broken a promise and you can't forgive yourself. God wants to set you free this morning. When we grow fat on Jesus, we grow bigger and stronger. And the chains that the enemy puts on us break off. The yoke that is bound us to grief and unforgiveness and pride over the years is broken because we grow fat in Jesus. And when you go back and look at the root meaning of the word fat there, it does literally mean fat. But when you look at the root meaning of that, it also means oily or greasy or to shine. Let me remind you what it says in Isaiah 1. For the display of his splendor, that shining, that abounding. 
God wants us to grow fat in him. So not only do we break off the chains that have held us, but so that we shine for him, so that we are a display for his splendor, so that we point people to him. You know, oppression in the past, generational baggage, they can hold us down for so long. But God says in that day, their burden will be lifted from the shoulders, their yoke from your neck. The yoke will be broken because you have grown so fat. And this morning, I believe that not only does God want to bring healing to your life, from where promises have been broken, maybe from where you've broken promises to other people too, and you're struggling with the guilt and the shame of that. God wants to set you free and heal you this morning. But God also wants to remind you God's promises are overcoming, that His promises are building. And that his promises are enlarging. And as we allow him to grow bigger in our lives, as we allow him to reconstruct our past into our new future, as we allow him to help us to overcome the things that have caused us to stumble over the years, then those chains are broken and we are set free to grow into his promises more and more. I just want to ask you to stand. If you're at home, you can stand too if you're comfortable with it. And this morning, I just want to ask you to do a couple of things. I want to ask you to bring your broken pieces to Jesus. Let him recycle them. Let him restore them. And let him revive you again. There's beauty for ashes this morning. Come to him, the overcomer, the builder, the enlarger. And allow Holy Spirit to come and fill you afresh. To remind you of those promises. And set you free from the things that have held you down. And I'm going to pray and then Catherine is going to sing. And we're going to sing a song called Break Every Chain. And I want us to use this song. Almost as a way of saying to Jesus, break these chains off my life. Allow me to grow again in you where I'm hurting, where I'm broken, where I've done things wrong, where things have been done wrong to me. Jesus set me free this morning. And I just want to pray over you before we sing. And if there's something I've said this morning that has really impacted on you and you just want the Holy Spirit to just come and touch you and minister you, then I just want you to raise your hand. You know, if it wasn't for COVID, I'd ask you to come and stand at the front. But you know, I believe that God can come and minister to you by his spirit in your seat where you're sitting, in your front room at home. So just raise your hand this morning and then I'm going to pray. Thank you, Jesus. Father God, I thank you for the people across the auditorium with hands raised. I thank you for those at home. I thank you for those listening later online. Holy Spirit, we just invite you to come right now. Come and bring healing. Come and bring refreshing. Come and bring restoration. God, I pray that your forgiveness would rule and reign in people's lives. And Holy Spirit, we ask that you would come and fill us afresh.
enlarge us, Holy Spirit, with your love, with your peace, with your healing. That healing oil, come and enlarge us, Holy Spirit, that those chains that have held us would be broken in Jesus' name. God, we speak a breaking of chains this morning over people's lives. Break every chain in the name of Jesus. God, and fulfill your promises to us, those promises of blessing in Jesus' name. Amen.